Halloween. The night of October 31st, the eve of All Saints Day, commonly celebrated by children who dress in costume and solicit candy or other treats door to door. Now, with a definition like that, Halloween doesn't seem so scary. What's so wrong with children playing dress up and eating candy? Is there really something more sinister to this holiday? This week, Cody and I dive right into this controversial holiday as we explore its background and deeper roots in history. Now, let's get spooky. This is The Reckless Pursuit, a podcast crafted and created to dive deep into what it looks like to be a follower of Christ in a modern day world. We span topics across the board to seek out truth and to gain a deeper understanding of one another, to find common ground and answers to life's hardest questions. We all have a story and a struggle, a calling and a conviction. Together, let's take a hard look at ourselves and effort to view what others see so we can be the best reflection of Christ possible. I'm Cody. And I'm Elaine. Now, let's get reckless. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 35. Today, we are talking about church culture and Halloween. Yes, that's right. We're probably going to make a lot of people very mad. But is it okay for us as Christians to celebrate Halloween? Can you even call yourself a Christian celebrating such a pagan day? Is it really worshiping the devil? All that and more coming up. But before that, just a quick reminder. Somewhere on your screen right now, depending what you're using, there is a little icon that says subscribe. And if you like what you hear, we would love for you to go and click that. That way you can keep up to date with all of our new episodes. Also, there is a review box. Somewhere on your screen, especially if you're using iTunes, there's a review box. And if you would go leave an honest review, we would greatly appreciate that. Also, we have a community where we can keep the conversation going. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of people wanting to say plenty about what we have to say about Halloween. And if you're one of those people, uh, just go down there, find that link, and follow it out to that Facebook page, request to join, and we will add you. So let's dig down deep into this and unbury the truth of Halloween. Here it comes. So this week, Cody and I are talking about Halloween, which is my favorite holiday. Yeah, it's Elaine's favorite holiday, which is probably quite controversial. (laughs) I'm a Christian and Halloween's my favorite holiday. What is it about Halloween that you like? Everything. Everything? Yes, everything. Even all the, the, you know, newborn sacrifices and pentagrams? I mean, I've never really seen that on Halloween. Halloween, <laughs> and I don't think I've actually ever really seen a sacrifice of anything. That's true. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, they're all in the Bible. So, well, yes, but I've never seen them. Right. Um, but I love the candy. Mm, yeah. I love the costumes mm-hmm. and dressing getting up like the devil. I've never dressed up like the devil. I've never dressed up like a witch. Just saying, even if you dress up like <laughs> the devil, you're not really looking like the devil anyway. That's just a made up stigma of what we call the devil but the devil was supposed to be a beautiful angel so i've never dressed up as an angel either (laughs) but i love i love the candy i love the costumes i love the scary movies i love 
I mean, I really just love autumn, like in general, like hay rides and pumpkin patches and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But Halloween, scary movies, going to haunted houses, going on haunted trails, um, getting together for movie nights and the pumpkins and pumpkin spice. And so let's be honest, you like pumpkin spice, you like cold weather, and you like watching movies and you like candy. Yes. And you like dressing up. And that's yep. why you like Halloween. Yes. Okay. So that, that clears the air enough yes. right there. There's a lot of controversy surrounding Halloween. I've already seen the posts flying around Facebook about all the different things of how it's the devil's holiday and how could you be a Christian and celebrate Halloween and oh my gosh, they go on and on and on. I'm an ex-Satanist and Halloween is of the devil. Well, oh my Okay, it just it goes on and on and on. The posts just fly by. So we're going to take a minute and talk about the history of Halloween. And uh, yeah, I think that would be a good start. And then we're going to dive into a little bit about just uh, some of the double standards we as Christians often hold. So Halloween, its original origin was Celtic, which is near and dear to my heart. And if you call it Celtic, I'm going to slap you. It's Celtic. That's Isn't the basketball team Celtics? I don't know why. That's fine. They can call themselves that, but it's Celtic. Celtic isn't a word, so whatever. But anyway, the Celts, 2,000 years ago from Ireland in the UK, northern France, they all uh, had this holiday on, well, technically November 1st was their New Year. Uh, they celebrated New Year's on November 1st because that was the sign of the oncoming cold weather and longer nights and just the end of crop season. And so harvest was done at the beginning of that time. And that was just the the mark of hunkering down for the cold season. And of course, uh, being that they were in a primitive time, cold weather was often associated with death. Uh, It was associated with losing people, losing loved ones. And they believed that October 31st and November 1st, the lines of, I guess, like reality and like the world of the dead became blurred. And so they celebrated this holiday called Soin. It's most of us would pronounce it Samhain. It's S-A-M-H-A-I-N, but it's pronounced Soin. And, uh, they believe that was the day that, like, the ghosts of the dead could actually return to Earth. So is that basically um, the Day of the Dead, or is that completely different? Completely different. Completely different culture. Because I know they celebrate the 1st of November, too. Yeah, that's Latin culture, though, I believe, right? I think, yeah. Yeah, Spanish culture, Latin mm-hmm. culture. Um, but, no, this is Celtic. So um, similar principle, I guess, but, but different. So, anyway... Uh, they knew that cold was coming. They had to do all of their harvesting. And so they had a festival in which people would come together and make big bonfires and they would gather up and they would burn crops and do animal sacrifices to these Celtic um, figures, I guess, of people who have passed. So, yes, sure, we can go that route and say, is that... Uh, of God. No, of course not. Whatever. That's pagan. We already know that. Like, that's that's already known. We knew this was a pagan holiday, and we're going to get into that a little bit more. But just follow with me. 
Uh, and just FYI, this has been going around Facebook too. They didn't sacrifice children, so just stop. They they didn't kill babies. That wasn't part of the sacrifice. There was no sacrificing babies to appease to not be harmed. It was all about crops, uh, with it and, and livestock. It had nothing to do with children. It, that's not a thing. That's just no. And they didn't stick pumpkins on their head. I don't know where <laughs> people. They carved um, gourds, not even pumpkins. They carved gourds because they tried to scare off um, dark forces. Have you ever seen a carved squash? They're terrifying. That's what they carved was squash more, yeah. than, more than pumpkins. Anyway, so then they would like light their bonfires or light their uh, their torches from the bonfire and go home. And then uh, throughout the night, they would dress up and... Uh, yeah, they would they would dance around. They would dress up to uh, typically in like animal skins and stuff like that to scare off the evil spirits. Um, insert the Roman Empire around forty three Admiral Domani, which is after death to some people, or the year of our Lord. I think is what Admiral Domani stands for. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I could be botching that. And uh, so the Roman Empire conquered pretty much all the Celtic territory. And uh, they introduced some of their own holidays into the mix that commemorated the passing of the dead. So that got mixed in as well as another holiday, and I'm probably going to botch the name of this too, but it's Feralia, which was, no, I'm sorry, Feralia was the one of passing of the dead. Pomona was the Roman goddess of the fruit and trees. Her symbol was an apple. So if you've ever bobbed for apples, that's a um, celebration of the Roman goddess of Pomona. So anyway, so those two holidays got wrapped up into uh, so in. And then in 609 AD, Pope uh, Boniface the fourth dedicated the Pantheon in Rome uh, in honor of all Christian martyrs and the Catholic feast of all martyrs day was established in the Western church. And that was celebrated all martyrs day um, and all saints day as some of us know it was November 1st. And so October 31st was All Saints Eve or All Hallows Eve, which is where we get our word Halloween. So it's literally um, All Saints Day Eve. Christianity spread into the Celtic lands pretty quickly. And in about 1000 A.D., the church would make November 2nd, All Souls Day, a day to honor the dead. It's widely believed today that the church was attempting to replace the Celtic Festival of the Dead with a related church-sanctioned holiday. All Souls Day was celebrated similarly to So In, with big bonfires, parades, dressing up in cons uh, costumes as saints, angels, and devils. We're talking about Christians here. And All Saints Day celebration was also called All Hallows, or All Hallow Mass for Middle English uh, all Hallow Messay, meaning All Saints Day. And the night before it, the traditional night of Soin in the Celtic region began to be called All Hallows Eve and eventually Halloween. Then going over to whenever we came over, colonial England, Protestant beliefs, Halloween uh, was brought in and it kind of meshed with some American Indian stuff. And uh, yeah. It was pretty much at that point introduced as celebrations of like play parties and celebration of the harvest where neighbors would share stories and dance and sing. 
and ghost stories and stuff like that started to be brought into it kind of as an ode back to its its uh its roots trick-or-treating americans dressed up in halloween costumes going to houses knocking you know what trick-or-treating is it's kind of an ode back to the 1800s um when really there is this uh, push to mold Halloween into a holiday more about community and neighborly get-togethers. And so that's kind of where trick-or-treating was birthed from and more of a party type thing. So as it kind of went that way. I would just like to point out that I would still be trick-or-treating if we had neighbors. Yeah, but we live in the middle of nowhere <laughs> with no neighbors. Um, Last time I went trick-or-treating, I think I was 19. No, 20. We went trick-or-treating. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Last time I went trick-or-treating, I was 20 because you were the Demogorgon. I was the Demogorgon. And I actually was um, dressed up as Day of the Dead, the Sugar Skull. Yep. As a matter of fact, uh, the Demogorgon mask is hanging above the computer right now as we speak, staring down at us. That's another thing that I love about Halloween isn't just like dressing up, but making costumes too. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. So here's the thing on Halloween. Yes, it started as a pagan holiday. And that is true. So is it wrong as Christians to celebrate it? Well, I think that kind of gets tied into this. It may have started as a pagan holiday, but the churches who took it and turned it into what it is today, more of community festivities. And you can sit here and talk about all of the things with... Uh, oh, well, the satanic this and the satanic that and the sacrifice, all that. That's not as prominent as you think it is. That's just fluff to scare you. The whole point of this holiday is the jump scares and the the fun of being out at dark and moving around in the cool weather, the start of the harvest. It's a fun, it's a celebratory time. And yes, there's a lot of imagery associated with, with it but that doesn't mean you have to take part of that and now do i think it's wrong to dress up as a witch no i don't and we can go that route too and talking about magic in the bible and how um what witchcraft is and i think i do want to go that route at some point in this episode is talking about like what witchcraft is and uh why we get this weird vibe when we start talking about it even though it's actually in the bible um all I'm trying to say is Halloween didn't even start as something bad. It started as something to that culture, mind you. Sure, it was paganistic, but they knew no better. And then when the Christians came in, it was modified to be a Christian holiday. And if you're okay with celebrating Christmas or Easter, but not Halloween, you're a hypocrite. Because Christmas, where we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is yet another pagan holiday modified from the worship and celebration of the winter solstice, which is December 23rd, I believe, somewhere between the 21st and 23rd. And it was celebrated. And the tree that we bring into our house is another pagan symbol. A lot of the things we do on Christmas um, were pagan. And the church took it and modified it and turned it into a holiday celebrating the birth of Jesus. So you had the celebration of the saints, 
you had the celebration of the birth of Jesus. And then we're going to go to the big one for all of us Christians, Easter, which honestly is like, I don't know, my family never really celebrated Easter. So we always celebrated Easter. We always had like um, big get together at my great grandparents' house and had ham and deviled eggs and all that stuff. And so like it was more of like we all went to church. And even I think I mentioned this in the last episode. Um, for the longest time, the only time we went to church was on Easter. And so it was a really big thing then. Yeah, so interesting thing about Easter, actually, and let's just talk about that for a second. You know, of course, Easter has its pagan background as well. Uh, even the name Easter comes from, uh, I think it's a, how you pronounce it, Eelster, which is a, um English uh, god or goddess, excuse me, of fertility. And before Christians kind of took over the holiday, which was the spring equinox, which that's why Easter isn't celebrated on a specific day. It's celebrated uh, after the first equinox of spring. That's why it moves around every year. Uh, and it Christians adopted that specific holiday as new life. And, uh, you know, I mean, the life we have in Christ. Christ died so we can be born again. And, uh, yeah, so we kind of took from um, an old monk who wrote about this holiday known as uh, Eostere, which is worshiping this uh, goddess of fertility. We kind of took that and made it our own into a Christian holiday. And if you think about it for a second, what exactly are the symbols we celebrate on Easter? Sure, it's uh, church and going to church and talking about the word of God. But what do we do after church? We go on an Easter egg hunt. And eat candy. That's my favorite part. You just like candy. Candy and deviled eggs. Those are my favorite part. But what is an egg? It's a sign of fertility. Why do we boil eggs? Well, it's to celebrate fertility. Why would a rabbit hand out eggs? Well, I'll just let you kind of piece that together for yourself. Rabbits have a reputation, especially in springtime. <laughs> so, there you have it. There's pagan uh, roots in Christmas. There's pagan roots in Easter. There's pagan roots in Halloween. And we pick on Halloween because it's the darker one. Christmas is about life and the birth of Jesus. Easter is about um, his death and resurrection. So there's the positive note there. But Halloween was just simply um, kind of celebrating those who have passed and warding off demons. So it has a darker connotation from the church. But all three were adopted from pagan festivals to bring other people into the church. You have winter solstice, you have spring solstice, and you have uh, the transition into fall or harvest. So, yeah, they all have their roots in paganism, yet we get really hung up on Halloween. I'm not saying that you have to celebrate Halloween. I'm not saying you're wrong if you don't celebrate Halloween. But I think one of my biggest, biggest pet peeves about people who say that they don't celebrate Halloween, but they celebrate fall festival at their church, which <laughs> is the exact same thing. You're dressing up, you're trunk or treating going to strangers' cars instead of their houses to pick out candy. And 
you know, you're still doing the festival things. Sure. I mean, it's still all the same stuff. Hay bales, pumpkins, crops, dressing up, getting candy, trick-or-treating. You're still participating in the festival. And let me just say, I know that some churches have um, fall festival where if you dress up, you have to dress as a Bible character. That's scary right there. But I feel like... Some characters from the Bible are a little more um, sultry than the um, sexy police officer I'm costumes. I'm going as Bathsheba this year. The on naked the version? <laughs> on the rooftop. Okay. Yeah. Okay, just bring like a shower head. Yeah, or I'm going to go as the giant hand, the mm-hmm. dismembered hand riding on the wall at Belshazzar's party. Or you could go as that bear that like mauled all those children. Oh, or you could go as the legion in the pigs <laughs> or the drunken man. Or the the possessed man. I think it's actually the same guy. The possessed man with the chains who ran around naked screaming at people. Or you could be um, anything from Revelation and scare all the kids. The creature of eyeballs? Yes. I want to go as the creature of eyeballs. That'd be a fun costume. Googly Googly eyes. eyes everywhere. (laughs) That reminds me of the tooth child from Channel Zero. Or you could go as Paul. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, he's uh, a short, bald man with a large nose who is mostly blind and has a crushed divot in his skull who had been stoned multiple times, left for dead. So he was pretty, like, he even says, like, I am not attractive. <laughs> I am not an attractive person. He probably looked pretty scary in and of itself. Yeah. So. Or Adam and Eve in the garden mm-hmm. before the fall. Whoa. Let me just say, like, you can, get pretty, you can get pretty scandalous. Yeah. So... See, this is what we're saying is you can go as a lot of different things, even with that. Like, there's just a lot of themes in the Bible. And yes, people associate Halloween with witchcraft and darkness. But to celebrate and have fun with your family and friends on a day by dressing up, having candy, telling ghost stories and, you know, having a bonfire. And watching The Nightmare Before Christmas which is my favorite movie. That's not a bad thing. I mean, if you think about it, I'm sure at some point in your life you've celebrated your birthday. And let's be honest, somewhere out there, someone was celebrate or was uh, practicing witchcraft on your birthday. Just because people do that doesn't mean you associate it that way. I mean, I think we just we've got to take the stigma out of that and look back at what the holiday when it was created by the church, like why it was created in the first place. And if we look at its roots that way, I mean, if you want to go too far back and start digging into the pagan side of things, well, then why are we celebrating? As a matter of fact, the, um, which one was it? You had the Quakers and the Puritans, right? Puritans would not celebrate uh, Halloween, Christmas, or Easter because of their pagan traditions. So where do we fall? You know, we can't pick and choose one just because one's a little uglier. If that were the case, we would have chose the devil over Paul or Jesus anyway. So, well, and I think that it all boils down to like what your purpose is in celebrating Halloween. Mm -hmm. If you want to do witchcraft and like evil stuff, whatever, I mean, you have all year to do that. Mm -hmm. Like, Halloween isn't like the only day you could do those things. But if you're not having fun, if you're not, um, just like you said, hanging out with your friends and family, if it's not all in good fun, then yeah, you probably shouldn't celebrate Halloween. But that could be going for any holiday. Yeah. If you're a Christian 
and you celebrate Christmas, but you overemphasize consumerism and presents and Santa Claus, and then you just barely talk about Jesus, you're doing doing the exact same thing. Sure. It's just wrapped in a pretty little package, literally. Literally. Yeah. Um, I think that, just to touch on the Fall Fest thing real quick, I think it is funny that we give it a new name because literally, uh, So In originally was about Fall Festival, and then the Christians turned it into All Saints Day, or, or uh, what was it, All Halloween, or All Hallows Eve. Yeah, or All Hallows Eve, which was All Hallow, you know, which turned into Halloween. And so the word Halloween actually has a Christian back tone to it, but Fall Fest doesn't. It has a pagan back tone to it. And so when we call something Fall Festival, it's actually more in touch with the pagan roots so than the word Halloween. So what if you have a church that is having a Halloween Fall Festival? Cool. I, I like they I got know. the. And see, I don't even care about what you name it. Like we all know, Halloween is a festival of the fall. Like that's fine if you want to call it Fall Fest. But here's my thing: if you're gonna have a church Fall Festival where kids are dressed up, you're gonna run around and do candy in trunks. You're gonna bob for apples. Like we just talked about that a minute ago, I believe, where bobbing for apples is directly tied to um, a goddess. And so if you ever bobbed for apples, that's pagan. If you ever put up a Christmas tree, that's pagan. You ever hunted for eggs or decorated with rabbits, that's all pagan tradition. And I think we've got to realize that as Christians, I think it's the biggest thing, bringing back around to this, the biggest thing is we've got to take the fear out of it. Yes, we're not supposed to go and practice these pagan traditions. Okay, that's fine. You're not supposed to go out there and practice these things. You're not supposed to go out there and try to do witchcraft and stuff like that. But I think Christians are scared of what they don't know. I think they're scared of things like magic and witchcraft because we've been told our whole lives, bad, 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 but we don't understand it. We don't understand why it's bad. We just put this stigma of this looks a certain way. Well, even the Bible says Lucifer was beautiful. He was the most beautiful angel in heaven. You know, things aren't always what they seem. He's not carrying a pitchfork with a red tail. I mean, he might now. I mean, we put that stigma on him so much. He may think it's a cool look now. I don't know. But, you know, he's not. uh, He was a beautiful creature. Um, And that just goes to show you, like, things aren't just surface level. When you dig a little bit, there's truth underneath everything. There's different things underneath everything. And we have to get away from the fear of the unknown and come to realize that our authority, if you are a Christian, then you should, then you believe this, is your authority is in Christ, not in those things. So it's kind of like um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, sitting at the table Um they may have cho- chosen to eat differently than everyone else, but they were still there. It's kind of like when Peter had the vision where God took the sheet off of the earth and said, all things are clean to you. No, like, yes, he's talking about food, but he's not saying, like, just go out and, like, commit sin. No, what he's saying is you as a person know in your heart what is and isn't okay for you. And if you're not okay with celebrating Halloween, that's fine. Like, I think you were saying that earlier, Lane. Like, there's no right or wrong. If you have a personal conviction about not celebrating Halloween, like, by all means, don't celebrate it. If, like, that is something that you and God or, you know, maybe even you and your husband or something, you know, have, 
like this personal conviction of not celebrating it, whether it was because of something in your past or just like what it means to you or just anything like, you know, I don't think that you should have to be forced to celebrate Halloween. Absolutely. But at the same time, I think we need to think about why we do or do not celebrate Halloween. Sure. And we don't need to judge others for celebrating. No. But, and this all goes back, and this is the direction I want to take it for the last 10 or so minutes here, uh, is that Christians are afraid of what they don't understand. And the thing that people are scared of with Halloween is the demonic, uh, the witchcraft, and the paganism. So I'm going to take just a minute here and dive into that, and I'm going to do it with, oh, grab my Bible here, the book of Exodus. Yes, we're talking about Moses. And I'm reading Exodus 7, verse uh, 8 through, I don't know, however far I read. I think like 13. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, When Pharaoh says to you, Prove yourselves by working a miracle, then you shall say to Aaron, Take your staff and cast it down before Pharaoh, that it may become a serpent. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did just as the Lord commanded. Aaron cast down his staff before Pharaoh and his servants, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh summoned the wise men and the sorcerers and the magicians of Egypt. Also, they did the same by their secret arts. For each man cast down his staff, and they became serpents. But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. Still, Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he would not listen to them. So, the reason I read that, because it mentioned sorcerers, it mentioned uh, magicians, and uh, basically the performance of witchcraft, right? These are sorcerers, which is like a witch, you know, a warlock, a sorcerer. Wizard. A wizard. And so I'm going to read real quick just the definition of witchcraft. The practice of magic, especially black magic, the use of spells, and the uh, invocation of spirits. So we're going to look up the definition of magic now. So you have magic. The power of apparently influencing the course of events by using mysterious or supernatural forces. So, in this chapter, Moses performed magic. I'm sorry if that offends you. But to every literal definition, he took a force, being God, the power of the Holy Spirit, whatever have you, that is not a, it is a supernatural force, as in supernatural, being that it's um, outside the realm of what occurs naturally. Normally, sticks don't turn into snakes. I think you can agree. Scientifically, you've never seen a stick turn into a snake. I hope not. You may have thought a stick was a snake, or a snake was a stick, as Elaine did the yes. other day when she stepped on a snake. I stepped on a baby snake. But uh, it was not a stick before she stepped on it, to our knowledge. And... So it was a supernatural occurrence, which is magic is the use of a supernatural occurrence. And so Moses performed magic. Now, these other people tapped into something and performed the same type of magic. And of course, you know, Aaron's rod swallowed up theirs because, you know, God is awesome, what have you. But what I'm saying is these forces that we're so scared of, we pin these names on them. And it's all about the source. You have God, you have the darker things, whatever. You can get all caught up in all that stuff. But we get scared of these words. And I'm not saying it's okay to go out there and try to perform magic. Uh, I've done that. I was into witchcraft for a little while. Uh, just to be really honest, like there was a season in my life 
where I was into like really into witchcraft and I just kind of had to realize like the reason well because I mean the Bible talks about so much stuff um you know if you look at astro projection uh numerous times were people taken up into what they would call the third heaven or taken up into this alternate reality within their mind where they were talking with God or Jesus I think it happened to Paul um like it's happened numerous times throughout the Bible. So if you look at something like uh, psychokinesis, which is the movement of objects with one's mind, the Bible says if you have enough of faith to move a mountain, you can tell it to fly off into the river, jump into the river, and it will do so at your command. And Peter walked on water. Yeah, at Jesus' command. Jesus stopped a storm. Uh Jesus manipulated spirits by casting them out, uh, as did some of, you know, or as did the disciples. Uh, you can even get into necromancy, which is the raising of the dead. And Jesus did that three times and told us to do the same, or that we were capable of doing the same. Well, yeah, because you have Lazarus. Like, he had been dead for a, a while, a, right? A while. he was, And then Jesus was dead. like, okay, take off your grave clothes. And he's like, oh, what a great sleep I had. Yeah. <laughs> Um, are we saying that those are, that Jesus was a necromancer or a magician? No. We're saying these are the words we give to those occurrences. He was doing them under the authority of God. Other people may do them under the authority of something darker, of themselves, however you want to look at that. They may perform dark things, but we've got to get away from the scary stigma and realize where our authority comes from, not, uh, and not be afraid of those other things out there, just because someone practices witchcraft somewhere on Halloween, well, they're doing that every night somewhere. You know, we've got to pull away from this this fear of the things that we don't understand just because they sound scary. I had a friend, and he was, I'm not really sure what you would call him. He was kind of spiritual in a way. He was more agnostic, like he didn't know exactly what he believed. He didn't deny the existence of God, but wasn't wasn't a Christian, kind of grew up, his parents were Catholic, um, but he had never been in church or anything like that. And he was into a lot of very interesting things. And he told me, we were sitting there talking, and he was asking me about my faith. And he and I were really close. We didn't believe the same way at all, but we were able to talk, and it was really cool. I actually really miss our talks. And uh, we would just kind of go run at night. Pretty much when we get off work, we'd go run the trails. Um in Maumel, which is a little town here in Arkansas, and we go run the trails really late. Got stopped by the cops a couple of times for looking really suspicious, but, you know, like, there's nothing to it. But we were talking about uh, faith, and he was asking about, like, communion and, like, Jesus' death and everything. I'm like, well, yeah, like, you know, the power of, you know, power in the blood type thing. And he was telling me, he's like, I think it's really interesting that Christians are so afraid of witchcraft and Wicca and magic, but in my head, and this is just, this is his words, uh, blood magic in witchcraft is the supposed strongest force of magic. And it's the same thing that you guys worship is the magic of the blood of Jesus. And I just, I had to pause for a second and I was like, man, as someone on the outside looking in, you know, just as Pharaoh was on the outside looking in, it, you can't tell the difference because somehow people can tap into this supernatural force 
that exists all around us. And we can tap into the creator of that, but they can still tap into something. And it goes back to me saying in our last couple episodes that everything taps into some kind of truth, no matter how manipulated it is. But we as Christians have to realize that these people practicing these things are just tapping into a lesser power than the creator of that force to begin with. And I just think that's a powerful thing is as Christians, we realize like we're above all of this. We're above the fear and the the doubt. We're above the worry and the the concern of like these things are not, it's kind of funny. We had a, a satanic march on our Capitol not too long ago and people were setting up this statue of the devil because they're protesting the Ten Commandments statue that was um, erected on our Capitol grounds here in Arkansas. And so they brought this big statue of um, their pagan deity that they use as their model. I guess they're, it's, they don't really worship it. They worship themselves. That's, Satanists don't worship the devil. They worship themselves, but they don't even believe in the devil. They're actually atheists. But it's, it's interesting because we had so many people just in fear of this, so afraid. And I literally sat there and I'm like, what's it matter? It's just a statue. It has no authority. It doesn't have any power. Like if, if you don't give it power, like we're supposed to, you know, mock Satan and laugh at him, not be afraid of him or not even be afraid of a figurine that's may or may not represent him. Yeah. Like even if it was erected on our Capitol grounds, they have the freedom of speech like we do. You know, we have our 10 commandments. I'm not intimidated by their statue. If anything, they actually gave preachers, Christian preachers, a chance to stand up and talk on their pulpit while they were there saying that they just wanted unity for everyone. Do I agree with their method? No. I think it was aggressive. I think it was a bit much. But I just think that we close our minds off to others, and instead of loving these people, we shut them out. Instead of loving someone else, we close them off because they're different, because they're scary. They practice something darker, something more malicious. But in reality, what does it matter what they practice? There's nothing darker that, that the light we carry can't shine through. So why would we live in fear? And why would we be afraid? When I know like a lot of people that don't celebrate Halloween like are afraid of Halloween and afraid of what it could represent or afraid of if you dress up as a witch, like what doors you're opening. And I just, sure. I don't think that like we are not called to live in fear. And if you don't want to celebrate it just because you don't like it, you know, that's fine. But you... Like, there's nothing to be afraid of. And the, the funny thing is we're so, like you were saying, a fear, uh, afraid of the assimilation between things that are wrong. Let me just give you a, a tiny brief history, and we can maybe wrap it up with this, but a brief history on the steeple. Yes, the big pointy thing at church uh, that sits on top that just makes all the churches stand out where you know that's a church. We're going to talk about the steeple. The steeple is a Greek architecture invention, and it was originally placed on pagan temples as a sign of masculinity and the worship of reproduction. That's right. The steeple is a giant penis waving its flag up high. 
pointing at God. I think I actually read somewhere that it's basically like flipping God off at every church. Do churches think of the steeple that way? No. Now it's a symbol of architecture. It's a symbol, just like we use the word testimony, which used to mean I swear on my testicles. I swear on my manlyhood. It's a bit much. Uh, I was joking the other day with Elaine and a couple friends that I guess um, women would have to give their overoni because they can't give a testimony. Overoni. But uh, it's, it's funny because we don't take it that way. Like, no one builds a church. I would hope not. I guess someone probably does. But most people don't build a church thinking like, yeah, let's wave our wieners at the Lord. No, it's... I don't think half the people even know what that no. like, means or it's just for. It's a symbol that's become associated with churches and places, places of worship now. And so when people see it, they identify that's a church. That's somewhere I can go and worship. And we took the negative connotation away from it from the original pagan roots and turned it into something Christian. And it's something that we did with all of those holidays too. And just because we think one thing, just because we see one thing as normal, at one time that came from somewhere else. And that came from somewhere else. And you can trace it back to something that was probably not Christian, considering Christianity isn't that old of a religion. There's a lot of religions a whole lot older, you know? We measure our time on the death of Christ. You have B.C. and A.D. You know, Christianity's only been around for 2,000 and, what, 2,018 years at the time of recording here? Give or take, you know, Jesus' lifetime was, he started teaching when he was 33. He didn't teach a whole long time after that. I don't remember how exactly long it is. So, you know, 2,000 years, give or take, Christianity's been on the scene. Judaism, paganism, uh, Zoroastrianism, you know, Hinduism, Buddhism, all these religions go a long way back. And Christianity is a pretty new religion. And so they took a lot of things that were influential and tried to make them comfortable to people outside their circle. They did a pretty good job of it. You know, there were some messes along the way. And that's a whole other thing. We're not going to talk about crusades or anything like that. There's some dark moments in Christianity for sure. But you know, we took a, I think somewhere down the line, they did a pretty good job of taking these pagan festivals and making them acceptable for other people to come in and feel welcomed. And that's what we're supposed to do now. And that's like what, that just goes back to what is your purpose of celebrating Halloween? Yeah. Is your purpose to like conjure up spirits and be evil and do weird, wild things? Or is it to allow communities to come together and have fun and open it up for people, you know, who may not even be Christians, but just that's something that everyone, you know, dressing up, eating candy, all that stuff, you know, chili cook off, whatever. That's something like entire communities can come together and do. You don't have to be a Christian to eat chili on Halloween. Are you sure? Yes. (laughs) But like, it's just, what is your purpose? Like, I think that's what it boils down to is if Christians are supposed to celebrate Halloween or not, I think it just kind of goes back to maybe a personal conviction, I guess. Yeah. And I guess to close it out, we can say this. Use, whether you choose to celebrate or not, that's beside the point. That's your your call. But use it um, as a time to show Christ's love. And when I say the love of Christ, I'm not referring to handing kids church tracts. 
We had an episode on church tracks. I was trying to pull it up. I think it's like before episode 10. Like, was it really? I think so. So we have a uh, episode on church tracks and you can get all of our opinions on those. Kids so, don't want those. They want candy. They want candy. I don't want those. I want candy. Yes. As always, you can find us online at therecklesspursuit.com. There you can send us a voicemail, drop us an email, say hi. We have all our links to our social media stuff on there and in the show notes below. We have a community, the Reckless community, and you can find us there. It, the link is below. Uh, come add yourself. We will approve you and you can keep the conversation going because this is not just about our voices. It is about all of our voices together, not just me and Elaine. Just a quick recap. We said at the beginning, we'll say it at the end. If you enjoyed this episode uh, or you just want to keep in contact, maybe you hated this episode, but you liked some other ones, go up there and click that uh, subscribe button. It will keep you updated on all of our new episodes when they come out. And if you're an iTunes user, I can't vouch for the rest of them because I'm an iTunes Apple Podcast user. But most likely you have a review section. If you would go and leave an honest review, we would greatly appreciate it. We want to make this podcast better to serve you guys. And as always, be brave. Be bold. And be reckless. And we'll talk soon. When I'm happy, I smile all day.